hey everyone, welcome back. Before we get into the stories, I need to give a few warnings. I don't know exactly what to give a warning on story number two. I guess it would be like cyber threatening as well as threatening a child. I really don't know, but it's a dark story and I still felt like I needed to mention something. I also need to give a warning for sexual assault in story number four. All that being said, I think that's it on the warnings. Without any more interruptions, let's go ahead and get started. And remember, to always, stay hungry. I'm a 25-year-old male working in an office environment. I'm also gay, which is relevant to the story. I'll refer to my boyfriend as Kyle. We had a new girl start in the office who I'll call Sophie. She seemed nice at first, and we became quite friendly. She was 23, so right around my age. After about two weeks, I had mentioned Kyle in conversation. I don't ever hide him away, and if anyone has a problem with it, that's on them. Sophie's eyes seemed to light up when I told her about Kyle, and she then said, Oh my gosh, I've always wanted a gay friend. This made me feel really awkward. I awkwardly laughed and didn't really say anything because I didn't want to cause a scene. I tried to just rationalize it in my mind, like maybe she was just trying to let me know that she doesn't care, but it just came out really weird. But I was wrong. She went on to say that she was shocked that I'm gay because I don't seem sassy at all. I was pretty offended by this to be honest. I mean, I'm just some random guy trying to live. I don't care if people fit stereotypes, but I find it weird when people really expect you to fit them. But again, I just tried to brush it off because up until now, Sophie had been pretty normal. She had asked all about Kyle, and I told her how we've been together for four years and all that jazz. Out of nowhere, she told me if we ever needed a surrogate, she'd love to offer her services. I was taken aback by that, and I told her we would never use surrogacy, that if we ever had children we would adopt. She looked weirdly sad and told me that was a shame because I was wasting my really good genes. Again, weird I know, but I always tried to see the best in people, so I just brushed it aside. I didn't mention any of this to Kyle because he's way more cynical than I am, and he'd have told me she was a weirdo. I guess deep down I knew that was true, but before this whole story happened I was way more innocent, despite my grown age. I continued to get to know Sophie more and more, but over the next few weeks she had really started to creep me out. She would constantly ask me two personal questions about me and Kyle, such as wanting to know about our intimate life. I told her I couldn't discuss that with her, and she actually asked me why. I told her I didn't feel comfortable, and she tried to guilt trip me by saying friends are supposed to tell each other everything. I told her it would be really disrespectful to Kyle if I blabbed our personal business like that, and she then snapped at me that Kyle sounds abusive. I can assure you that he isn't, and I told her this, and she told me that I sound like a Stockholm victim. I was honestly baffled by her bizarre behavior, but it was a red flag that I couldn't ignore. Normal people don't want to hear about other people's sex lives, so it was really creepy that she was so interested. 
I told her to stop being nosy, and that was the end of it. After that, though, I decided to really distance myself from Sophie. She just made me feel weird, like I was an accessory or something. Well, fast forward a few weeks, and I bumped into her one weekend when I was out celebrating a friend's birthday. She definitely saw me, so I waved, but she ignored me. I didn't let it ruin my night, and I just quickly forgot about it. The next morning, though, I'd woke up to a WhatsApp text that she had sent me at like 5 a.m. when I was already asleep. She actually told me that I'd betrayed her, and she couldn't believe my audacity. I was baffled by this, and I asked what she was talking about. She actually told me that she was upset that I hadn't invited her out, and that leaving her out was really hurtful. The reason she wasn't invited was because she didn't know any of my friends outside of work, and it was my friend's birthday. Sophie hadn't even met this guy. Why would he invite her to his bash? It was just absurd. I told her this, and she blocked me. Well, fine. Whatever. I told Kyle about that later that day, including the weird interactions that I'd had with her before. He told me that she sounded really childish, and that I was doing the right thing distancing myself if she made me that uncomfortable. At work on Monday, I knew that I'd see Sophie, but I decided I would be civil. While I was on my break, she took hers, and she then came to sit with me. She asked if we could talk, which I agreed to. She started crying, which made me feel bad because I really hate seeing anyone get upset. I asked her what was wrong, and I offered her some tissues. She started to apologize for her reaction to me hanging out with my friends. She told me that since we have a friendship, it had reminded her of being bullied in school to see me out without her. She told me that she was bullied really badly all throughout school, and that they would exclude her on purpose. She then told me that she just wasn't thinking rationally. She just saw me hanging out with other people and instantly felt like that lonely 14-year-old again. It made sense, and I really felt bad for that, so I then told her that I accepted her apology. She told me she was unblocking me from WhatsApp and that she wanted to be friends again. She said that she felt like I pulled away, and this also hurts her feelings. This made me feel guilty, but I did tell her we could be friends. She then started hugging me and literally started squealing, which felt weird, but I ignored it. She told me she was really happy to have her gay best friend back. I decided to tell her not to refer to me like that, and then explained why it bothered me. She just told me not to be a diva, and that only annoyed me more. I told her I was serious, and she told me she didn't mean to offend me, but that I really was being dramatic. I told her that I needed to walk away because I didn't want to get into another argument with her. She actually told me that I was being pathetic. Sophie then started blowing up my phone begging me to talk to her and telling me to stop being so mad at her. I just ignored her because she was just irritating me now, but I still had to see her at work. One day she started randomly asking me if I'd ever been with a woman. I told her no, and then she went on a rant about how it was discrimination to exclude an entire group of people from your dating pool. I was honestly surprised to even hear her say that. It was so stupid, but also clearly homophobic. I don't hate women, I'm just not attracted to them. 
I told her if this was her way of telling that she thinks gay men are sexist for not dating women that she should really quit while she's ahead because she's full of shit. She just stared at me then told me she never said that. I just rolled my eyes and I left her sitting there by herself. She kept trying to text me and I ended up blocking her. I reported her to HR and she got into a huge fight with them saying that everyone was against her and she was just sick of everyone there. She actually walked right out of her job, and honestly, I was really relieved by this, but then I started noticing that she was following me. I would constantly see her at the grocery store or in the parking lot whenever I left work. In the mornings, I'd see her standing on a specific street that I had to drive through to get to work. I couldn't prove that she was stalking me, but it was really freaking me out. I spoke to the police about it, but they told me that they really couldn't do anything since she technically hasn't done anything to me. They said they would talk to her though, and advised me to keep a record of everything. Thankfully, I think speaking to the cops scared her, because it's been two months since this all happened, and she hasn't been in contact with me since. I am still alert though. I just really hope she stays away from me for good. The story begins back in the beginning of January 2020. At the time, I was 25. I'd been in a relationship with my boyfriend for about four years, and I was a stepmom to a seven-year-old girl. I used to and still do from time to time play a Steam game called Rust with some friends, and we all hang out and talk in Discord while we play. One night when we were playing, we had ran into a newer player in the game, I'll refer to this player as Alan for the purpose of this story. He seemed like a normal guy playing the game, and seemed overly savvy with Rust, and he seemed to vibe with myself and the rest of the group that I played with. It's roughly five other people in the clan. We all agreed that Alan may be a good fit for our clan, so we decided to invite him to our Discord call. We continued to play over the next few hours, and one by one, Everyone started logging off for the night as it was getting late, which left Alan and myself by the end of the night, and we talked for about another hour about what was going on in the game and just casual conversation of what else do you play? What do you do for work? Are you in a relationship? Questions like that. At the time, I didn't think too much of it, but I knew better than to give out personal info, so I just kept it short and sweet. We headed off, and we decided to add each other on an app called Snapchat. We continued to talk on and off over the next few weeks. Just friendly short conversations. Nothing sexual or flirty. But somehow the conversation led to the talk about feet pics and money being exchanged. I know, I know. Gross. But money was tight, and I didn't think anything could or would go wrong from this. Alan asked for a few, and I sent over my PayPal info. Fast forward over a three-month period of foot pictures, and the money being exchanged had totaled in about $400. Shortly after, Alan went silent for a few months, until after June of that year, when Alan reached out, asking me if I wanted to earn some easy cash. And of course, once again, not thinking much of it, I answered, Uh, it depends. What do you want? After 10 long minutes of being left on red, he responds back with, 
What if I pay you $3,000 to slit your dog's throat? Would you send me a video of that? My heart dropped, and I started feeling sick to my stomach. Never had he ever said something like this before, and he really gave me a something's wrong with this guy kind of feeling. My fight or flight kicked in with my heart now pounding. What the fuck is wrong with you? You sick fuck. I'm blocking you. Don't ever contact me again. I replied to him on Snapchat. I then blocked him and set down my phone, trying to wrap my head around what he had just asked me and how that went from zero to 100 so quickly. My phone then started ringing off the hook. It was an unknown number. One missed call, two, three, and then five missed calls in a row. Then a sixth call came in, and I hesitated, but I did pick it up. Um, hello? Who is this? I said in an annoyed tone. You dumb bitch. You think you can get away from me that easily? You didn't think I'd find your number, did you? The angry male voice then said. Wait, there's no way. It couldn't be. Yeah, that's right. I don't know how, but Alan managed to not only get my personal phone number, but was able to get the name to my daughter as well. I want my video now. And while you're at it, I want some pictures of your beautiful daughter too. He continued to say as my heart pounds right out of my chest, and I'm terrified. I won't be sending you shit, especially nothing to do with my child, you sick fuck. I then hung up and started to cry. What did I get myself into? How did he get my number, and how is he getting all of this personal info on me, and why me? Then the texts start rolling in. I better get some videos or else. Don't think I won't find you. I can't wait to use both you and your child when I find your house, and I'm going to hack every account that you have. I started to break down more and more, and I then went to my boyfriend telling him everything that happened, that I was not only scared for myself, but our family and dog, and that this guy went crazy after being told no, and now he's actually demanding CP for me, and for me to kill my dog along with rape threats. My boyfriend, who I'll call Andrew for privacy reasons, just hugged me, then reassured me that everything was going to be fine, and that he wouldn't let anything bad happen to me or our family. We tried filing a report with our local police department, but they didn't see it as a threat, as Alan was one in the States, and two, I didn't know his real name or much info about him. Alan again went to MIA after this for almost a year, before then popping up again with threats via text from a random burner phone. I also got 20 missed calls each time that he would pop up. He's gone as far as to hang my personal Facebook and Instagram to find pictures and info about me, as well as my stepdaughter. And he's also photoshopped her face onto CP images, and he would send them to me, saying he'll send them to my family and my boyfriend's family as a worried cornered friend and that I'm the one taking the said pictures of my child, and that I'll pay for not listening. My boyfriend and I reached out to family and close friends, and explained everything about Alan, as well as about the police not seeing it as a big deal. It really has us all worried, but thankfully I haven't heard from Alan in about three months now. The internet is a scary place, and I really hope no one ever has to go through this. Please... 
If you have any ideas on what I can do, please let me know. I'm so terrified for me and my family, and I just want this to stop. I'm a girl, and for some background on this story, this all happened when I was about 9 years old, give or take. My family had moved out of our house when I was neighbors with some of my best friends. Even though I'd missed them, it was kind of a relief, as they had a weird creepy uncle that was always at their house who constantly stalked and harassed everyone that was on that street. My dad had even chased him down on an ATV down the street, and he was caught watching my mom put my little cousin down for a nap through the bedroom window. So yeah, this guy was a fucking creep. My dad is about 6 foot tall, 250 pounds. So yeah... He's very big. Definitely not someone you want to be mad at you. So we're really thankful to be moving away from that, though we moved for unrelated reasons. We had moved in with my grandpa as his health was really deteriorating, and the house was a two-story brick house on a decent-sized plot of land in the middle of nowhere, which was just outside my hometown. It was surrounded by thick layers of woods on every side. The nearest neighbor was about a 20-minute walk away if you're lucky. During this time, my dad had worked very long hours as a truck driver, and he usually left the house very early in the morning, and sometimes didn't get home until very late. So sometimes it would just be me, my mom, my little brother, and grandpa at home all alone with our dogs. Now, as creepy as that sounds, my grandpa was an ex-marine, who despite his age and health issues was very healthy at first and still in shape. And over the period of these incidents, we had four dogs, two of which were my grandpa's pit bulls, Rory and Sarge, and my parents' pit mix, Jules. And then there was a dog that later showed up out of nowhere that we decided to keep and named Wheezy. It was a Mastiff. So yeah, it wasn't often that I was scared to be at home even when my dad was working. So, about a year into living there, we had a few issues with people messing around in the woods, but we never really thought anything of it. Probably just some people hiking through the woods and not realizing that they were on the property lines. My grandpa was constantly moving furniture and changing things around, and eventually turned his office into his bedroom, and he moved down there. So, I started sleeping in his old room along with Jules, who didn't want me sleeping by myself. I remember being very thankful that she was there. She'd sleep up by my chest all curled up, and something just always felt off, and she would constantly patrol the room, as well as glance at the windows all throughout the night. But again, I just didn't really think much of it. It was an old house that was probably haunted to be honest, and there was a ton of wildlife outside. Well, one morning Sarge and Jules were outside and ended up running back up into the woods, which they never did before. They didn't come back for hours, and we spent the whole morning looking for them and couldn't find them. When they finally came back, Sarge was covered in marks, but overall okay. Now Jules, on the other hand, was in very bad shape. I won't go into details because it's honestly pretty traumatic to think about, but she was losing a lot of blood, and we couldn't get her to the vet in time. Being so far out of town and even further away from a vet or hospital, she didn't make it. After that, my mom stopped letting me sleep downstairs, 
and so I shared a room with my brother, or I slept on my mom's floor, especially if my dad was leaving early for work. This had really annoyed me at the time because I was a stupid kid who just wanted to be independent, but thinking about it now, I'm really glad she did what she did. During this time, a suspicious-looking truck had started following my mom around whenever she would bring me and my brother to places. Eventually, my grandpa had started going with her, and I'd ride the bus to my dad's parents' house after school so that my dad could pick me up from there. After the last dog incident, my dad had picked me up from his parents' house, and he told me that our dog Sarge was hit by a car, and he also didn't make it, and that the person that hit him never stopped. I've always thought that it was the same guy who'd been following my mom. We kept having more instances where he'd follow her and try to run her off the road. And eventually, we finally figured out who it was. So, do you remember my old neighbor's creepy uncle that I mentioned earlier on in the story? Yeah, it was him. He was stalking my mom and our whole family. We never called the cops as we lived so far out of town that whenever you did call them, they'd then tell you that they probably wouldn't even make it in time. So yeah, this town also had a really big drug problem, and the cops in town just couldn't keep up with it, and they often told people to just handle things themselves. Yeah, it was a very southern county kind of town, so you can all guess what that meant. My dad and grandpa had chased them off many times, usually with a weapon. Rory was a shy dog, but she'd often bark and alert everyone whenever something was wrong. And one night, she went barking like crazy. On this night in particular, both my grandpa and dad were gone, playing cards with my dad's parents, as they often did. My brother and I and our mom were watching movies in my mom's bedroom along with Wheezy, who we'd only had for a short little bit at the time. An important note is that this house was a basement home. If you don't know what that means, it's where the house itself is built partially into the ground, instead of having an actual basement. This meant that you could get on top of the roof very easily. We had a window AC unit, as it was during the summer, and it was really hard to keep the upstairs cool without it. Wheezy's head then popped up as he began to growl and then dart towards the window. The creepy uncle had returned. He was messing with the AC unit trying to break in. He then fell back when he saw this massive dog growling at him, but he ran off before we could do anything about it. After that, my dad and grandpa started doing their card games at the house. We had a couple of more incidents of him looking in the windows or trying to catch me and my mom changing, and we did report these to the police, but we didn't have his real name, so there really wasn't much anyone could do. Thankfully, Eventually, things did finally stop. We heard from a few people that knew that family that he ended up back in prison and then to a psych ward, but I don't know if that's actually true or not. I know that he had some mental conditions and also a very serious drug problem. So yeah, those things combined are never good. Rory had also gotten hit by a car, but fully recovered though mentally she was very skittish and paranoid after dealing with the stalker for so long. But she ended up dying of natural causes. Wheezy ended up running away from what we could assume. He never stayed anywhere for more than a few years, and that's how we got him too. 
We searched for him for months, but we never did find him. But I still miss him to this day. I'm now 21 years old, and I've since moved towns. I'm very paranoid because of this experience. I've also taken up wrestling, and I never go anywhere without a pocket knife or taser. I lost my grandpa about 10 years ago, and I still miss him every day. I'm beyond thankful that he and my dad were there during all those times. We barely ever talk about these incidents now, but I wanted to share them. I've had a lot of crazy things like these happen over the years, but this is one of the ones that really stuck with me the longest. I don't know what happened to him or if he's even still alive, but I hope that sick, disgusting stalker got what he deserved and that he was never able to scare women or their children ever again. Thank you for all taking the time to listen to my story. Please, everyone, always watch your surroundings and be careful. So, I'm currently traveling through the sea with my two brothers. We just arrived in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam this morning. In the evening, after dinner and a few beers, my two brothers and I decided to sit on a bench and have a quick smoke. One of them is older, and the other is younger. I'm the middle brother. While we're chatting away while sitting on the bench, when I noticed a Vietnamese man repeatedly looking at us and walking in circles very close to where we were sitting. At first, I wasn't too concerned about him. However, my spidey senses were alerted. About a minute or two later, I had noticed another Vietnamese man dressed as a grab delivery driver acting suspicious and repeatedly looking at me and my brothers. They were both on the phone, and I really believed they were communicating with each other. Being in a foreign country, my brother told us to leave. However, it was a good 600 meters walk to the park exit. As we were walking, I noticed both Vietnamese men had gotten on mopeds and they were following us through the park, stopping behind trees and just watching us. I eventually saw them sit at a bench further down the path, waiting for us to cross their path. Being aware of this, we left the path and started walking on the grass. Avoiding the men, we're now about a hundred meters away from the exit, when my younger brother looks behind us to see one of the men sprinting right towards us. Right then, my younger brother took a fighting stance, standing his ground with the man and asking what he wanted. The man's posture became very small, and he began talking very quietly. Both my younger brother and I kept a good distance, and we told him to leave us alone as we walked backwards towards the exit. This is when we noticed the second assailant also approaching us, now wearing motorcycle gear. However, my oldest brother decided to instead try to get out of the situation. He then got closer to the whispering Vietnamese man to try and hear what he was saying. It literally took the Vietnamese guy like five seconds to win my bro's trust. Then out of nowhere, when my older brother was leaning in very close trying to hear the man, the Vietnamese guy actually grabbed my brother's crotch. Yeah, he actually grabbed him there. As you can imagine, my brother was shocked at this. I was honestly ready to fight at this point, expecting to be robbed or something worse. But the crotch grab was a bit unexpected. After that, we just started shouting, and the men fled. 
For context, both me and my younger brother are competing MMA fighters. However, this whole situation was just really unexpected. We ended up not engaging in any violence towards the men, just shouting at them. But yeah, that's my story. Please everyone, always be careful in the parks at night in Vietnam, or really anywhere for that matter. And if you happen to see two strange men lurking in the dark, watch your backs and get the hell away from them. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always, stay.